0: I think it's putting it mildly, when we look back on the last week or 10 days and say it's been a bit chaotic. Unprecedented, really, in the lifetime of pretty much everyone here, in terms of our major sports leagues shutting down, the NCAA tournament being canceled, all sorts of other things, you know, areas of the world, countries, entire countries being put on quarantine. It's unprecedented, it's chaotic. It's not only that, but it's overwhelming and stressful. We kind of, really, unless you're an expert in viruses and the spread of diseases and stuff like that, none of us really have any idea what to do or what's going on. And so we can feel totally and completely overwhelmed, and I accord with you on that. It is, I mean, I'm still new at this whole pastoring game, but the last week has been even crazier with all sorts of emails and from the archdiocese and from people and trying to... You know, weave my way through all of that and make sense of it, but to also be prudent and not add to the hysteria. This is a challenging time for all of us. And I think it's important for us to take a deep breath and realize that. To recognize the newness of this, the challenge that is before us. But also to recognize that as Christians, we are called to contribute in a positive way to the world. In our moral and social lives, we are called primarily to build up the common good. Everything we do, little and grand alike, is called to build up the good for all. Sin is simply choosing to prioritize my needs over the common good. Now, what is the common good? I'll give you the definition from the compendium of the Catechism on Social Teaching. According to its primary and broadly accepted sense the common good indicates the sum total of social conditions which allow people either as groups or as individuals to reach their fulfillment more fully and more easily. We are called in this time of crisis, in this time of chaos and disorder, to work for order, to help to bring about the common good. In two ways I would like to suggest that before I get into the meat of the homily today. The first has to do with temperance. Temperance is simply controlling our passions. So don't add to the hysteria. Take a deep breath. Ask yourself, is what I'm putting out on social media, or is this text message really adding to and helping and leading people to a better solution, or is it just throwing kerosene on the fire? This week, for instance, I received a message saying that there were up to six confirmed cases of coronavirus that would be released in Monroe County within the next 12 hours. That, as far as I know, has not happened yet, right? But it adds to the chaos. So we need to take a deep breath. We need to control our passions. Yes, we should be sharing information. Yes, we should be talking to one another and helping those who are in need. But let's do so in a way where we are controlled. We're not being controlled by our passions. The second one has to do with justice. Take the necessary and required precautions to protect not only yourself but to protect other people. One of the difficult parts of our community here at St. Paul's is that half of our parish or college students who are renowned for taking the least possible precautions and half of our resident parishioners are people who are at risk and vulnerable to this virus. And so we have to, in a particular way in this community, take the necessary precautions to follow the prescriptions of the Archdiocese. If you are vulnerable or feel sick, stay home from Mass. There is nothing wrong with that. We are live streaming or attempting to live stream this Mass on our Facebook page. You can also watch Mass on EWCN or listen to it on the radio, read the readings at home. Magnificat Magazine has made their magazine free for all during this time of crisis. They have the daily readings but here's the thing take the precautions be careful when we allow ourselves to control we choose to control our passions and when we support and build up the common good through justice through acting in relationship and in accord with all of those especially the vulnerable we can make a real impact but more than anything in this time of crisis the one thing that will bring us peace is Jesus Christ we need to keep our feet and our eyes and our entire body firmly pointed toward the Lord Jesus. Because it is He alone, as we heard from St. Paul's letter in the second reading, it is He alone who has saved us. It is His grace alone that will allow us to overcome, to endure, and to be strengthened by the chaos and hysteria that is going on. Without Him, we are lost. We need to put our faith and trust firmly and squarely in the person of Christ Jesus. And here's the wonderful good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As we hear in the Scriptures, it is precisely in our moments of greatest strife, tension, hysteria, that God reveals His love to us and comes to us. The Israelites in the first reading are in the desert. They are thirsty. They need water. God gives it to them. But God always gives us a gift to invite us to something deeper. God gives them the water. God gives them the manna so that he can give them his law, his prescriptions, his opportunity for them to live forever and always in accord with him. In the gospel, we have this woman at the well. Remember, at noon is the least opportune time to go to the well. She's going there because she's been ostracized from the community. You go to the well early in the morning before the sun comes up, before it gets hot. She's there in the middle of the day because no one else is there except for the flocks. And who comes to her in that moment of great need? Jesus himself. And he desires to do the same for us. And he has proven his love for us, as St. Paul tells us, because he died for each and every one of us, sinners that we are. He has given us this gift. He continues to come into our life to strengthen us, to lift us up so that we might know hope, so that we might know the value of each human person, and so that we might have the strength and the courage to do what is necessary during these difficult times with faith, hope, and love and trust. In the Gospel today, which is the, you know, the story of the Samaritan woman, we also get the great way in which the pattern through which God always reveals Himself to us. You'll notice in this that it is Jesus who comes to her. Jesus makes the first step. Remember this in your own life, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, if you're hurting. Jesus is coming to you. There is nothing any of us can do to merit or to earn Jesus' presence. His love is so great for you that He comes unbeckoned. He is chasing you Down. And not only that, not only does he walk into your life, not only does he come into your heart, but then he invites. He invites you to deep and abiding and meaningful relationship with him. He invites you to new life in him, where even the craziness and the terror of the world cannot be or cannot conquer us. It is conquered through him. He comes and he invites, but we must then respond. Jesus comes to the woman. He invites her. And then she says, Lord, give me this water. And her life is changed. But it doesn't stop there. Just as when we go to confession, it doesn't stop when the priest says, I absolve you. It carries out into the world. If it stops at the absolution, then it's for naught. But the Lord comes into our heart. He invites us. We say yes and are converted. And then we are sent forth like the Samaritan woman to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, right now this world needs each and every one of you, each and every one of us, to share the good news of Jesus Christ in ways simple and great alike. This is the time not of heroism through ridiculously courageous things, but through just loving in ordinary, meaningful ways. I say these next two examples with a very big... Uh, caveat and caution beforehand, insofar as do not imitate these saints. But I've been thinking a lot these last two weeks of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, who died caring for plague victims, and St. Damien of Molokai, who died on a leper colony. But because they allowed the Lord to come into their life day after day, when the great need was arisen in their time, they were able to respond with a full heart, with a heart of love. Again, I'm not saying to you, go off and make reckless decisions. They did not make reckless decisions. They were called to this by the Lord. But we are called to, like St. Damien and St. Aloysius, to serve and to love the people in need, to take those necessary precautions, to do the things that are necessary for the light of Christ to shine out in the midst of pestilence and darkness. Jesus came into this world to save it. Jesus came into your life at baptism to save you, to lift you up, to change your life for the good and forever. We need to be. We are called through our baptism and strengthened by the other sacraments to be the light, to be the peace, to be Jesus Christ for the people in this world, to add love, to add unity, and to add joy and peace in a time of chaos. Jesus and Jesus alone saves. May we follow him and invite him into our life so that we too might be his light hands and heart to all we encounter today and forever.